My name is Christiana Rochelle. Um, I am part of the special needs ministry here at Crossbridge and was thrilled to be invited up here today to be able to preach. It is so amazing to see so many faces here in person, but also online. And we're so grateful that you all are joining us. Our wish is the same for every single person every week. We want you to be able to take one step towards Jesus as you explore your faith with us here today. So I hope that we can do that. I have to say, as I was preparing for this message, I had so many thoughts going through my head. My first message, I was really nervous, trying to figure out how to convey what I wanted to. And I kept coming back to the same visual in my head. So I kept thinking, all right, here's my question to start off the day. Who is afraid of the dark? All right, or maybe who was afraid of the dark? I saw a few hands there, right? I'm the first to admit, as a kid, I was terrified of the dark. I slept with my huggy, AKA my blankie, every night, my nightlight on, actually I called it a light night, every single night. And I think what it is, is in the dark, we don't know what's real and what's fake. We become so concerned with what might be tricking our minds as the darkness is there and the shadows are taking over. And I think what's even worse is when there's a storm and that those lightning, you know, flashes and the thunder crashes and then bam, or bam, all the lights go out, you know. And, and when that happens, you hear that collective gasp that, oh my gosh, what just happened? All of the lights are out at church. And that's totally natural, right? When fear takes hold of us, it's totally natural for us to become scared. It's amazing what a little light, what a difference a little light can make in the, in the world, isn't it? In this room right now, you can turn, you can see who's next to you. You can see where the exit doors are. If that fire alarm went off, you would instantly know how to get up and make your way out the back of the door, right? As kids, how many times do we practice fire drills every month at school? You know how to do this. But when the lights are on, our eyes are able to create this beautiful visual of what's in front of us, and we depend on that. But when the lights go out, we no longer have that visual anymore. It's taken away from us, and we have to rely on our other senses. We have to sit there and we have to use our sense of hearing to be able to figure out what might be around us, which way to go, which way the, the crowd is going. Sometimes you'd have to use your sense of smell to avoid smoke and or maybe a very strong smelling individual who's next to you and you want to go the other way. You know, you, you, have to, you have to rely on your sense of touch so that you don't run into the chairs as you're making your way out. When there's no light and you can't see anything, I think fear and panic instinctively hit us because we can no longer predict what might happen to us. This isn't just about the five senses, but th that affects our whole life. Have you ever felt like you were walking in the dark and you had no idea where you were going? I know I have, and it's really scary. It's terrifying. It's disorienting. And often these are the experiences that we don't like to talk about. Sometimes there's fear associated with them. Many times there's shame associated with those, and you don't talk to anyone. But it's really important to recognize that it's in those moments and in those seasons, it's what we do that matters. It's how we get through those dark seasons that matters. Let me tell you a little story. So several years ago, I was in a very, very 
tough place in my personal life. Um, many things had been turned upside down for my kids and myself. And we actually found ourselves in the unimaginable position of not knowing where we are going to live. Um, I vividly remember the day I was walking into parent-teacher conferences for my kids, and I got this news that I literally had nowhere to go home to that night. Um, and I held myself together during those parent-teacher conferences, trying to listen to what those teachers were telling me. As I walked out, I could just feel the fear and the panic taking over, and the tears were starting to well in my eyes. And I ran into a woman in the hallway, just somebody I barely knew. She was a, a parent of my kids' friends, and she simply asked me what many of us do in those pleasantries, how are you doing? And boy, did she get more than she expected that day as I unraveled everything that had just hit me that night, especially with that last piece that I literally had no idea where I was going to be sleeping that night. That was a really dark moment. That was a really dark season. And I believe we all have those seasons, and maybe they aren't as extreme as worrying about where you're going to sleep that night, but I know you have all experienced this in our lives. Teenagers, I know you're dealing with friend problems, relationship issues, the stress of grades or college, or maybe just trying to navigate peer pressure. You know dark moments. You probably have more days than not when you might feel so defeated and it seems like nothing is going right. You get those dark moments. The rest of us, we get that too, don't we? You might have the most successful career and the perfect Instagram or Facebook life out there but that might just be a front. Maybe you're dealing with financial struggles and you literally have no idea where next month's mortgage or rent is coming from. You get those dark moments. Maybe behind that front, you are so lonely and you don't feel seen or valued by anyone in your life, not your friends, your spouses, your partners, your kids. You know dark moments. And these are real struggles that many of us are facing. And I know not everyone's life might feel lights out dark all the time, but even if you're not feeling with that in your own life, it's easy to be impacted by it because it's the world we live in. There is so much negativity around us these days. It, I mean, let's face it, not a single day goes by when you don't turn on the news and what do you see? Murders, mass shootings, natural disasters, and guys, let me give you a little secret. It's not even election season yet, so just wait. All that negativity will be coming even bigger at you. But many of us would say it's impossible not to be a cynic given all the negativity that we face every single day in this world. And let me tell you, I used to think that too. But this really began to shift that night that I thought I had nowhere to sleep. And I revealed all of my darkness and fear to that poor mom in that school hallway. And I will never forget the moment that she looked at me and she said, don't worry, we have room for all of you. This woman that I barely knew opened her home. So through all that darkness and that fear and that terror of not knowing what I was going to do that night was instantly pierced with this light that gave me hope 
and it comforted me, and it gave me the ability to breathe. When all I saw was darkness, God's light came piercing through, shining bright through the words and the hospitality of that woman. My life changed that night. 100% changed that night. It gave me direction through a very dark season, and I was able to take one step forward. My mom always refers to this woman as my angel. But the truth is, she was much more than that. It almost feels to me like she was the living, breathing example of Jesus in my life. That night is what brought me here to Crossbridge and reaffirmed my faith. And I truly think that God has put something in every single one of us that desires us to be that type of person for somebody else. To be the bringer of light, life, hope to anyone who is walking in that kind of darkness and fear. But it almost seems impossible, right, when so many of us are living in that same darkness. How do you do that? So that's why I truly believe that in order to be the light, you must first see the light. I know that this problem is nothing new because Jesus tells his followers a story that could mean as much to us today as it did to them 2,000 years ago. So would you take a second and turn with me in your Bibles to the biography of Jesus written by Mark, chapter 4, verse 21, the passage that Ruby read for us. And while you're getting ready, I'll just set this up a little bit. This was the same passage that Faith was in last week, but if you weren't with us last week, I can help give a little background. So at this point, Jesus is teaching to a huge crowd of individuals, and he's just telling lots of stories. That, that's, that's what he did, most of Mark is all the stories that Jesus was telling, trying to help everyone understand his teachings. So he starts with a story about seeds and weeds and birds and, and all types of stuff. And honestly, I'm going to leave that one to Brett. He's going to talk about that in a few weeks with the farmers in the dirt, so he'll get that one for you. But at one point, his disciples and followers are really confused, and they actually pull him aside and ask him to clarify a little bit. And that's where he starts this story. So he talks about this lamp. So we're going to read in verse 21 again our passage here. So Jesus says, Would anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought to, into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive more. To those who listen to my teachings, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away. So obviously, this is a story about light, right? That's where we're going with this. And it actually seems pretty obvious, and I actually think Jesus' followers must, may have gotten a little bit of a chuckle. Like, duh, of course you're not going to put a lamp under a basket. That, that's pretty obvious. That would defeat the purpose. And that's why I love Jesus. He's not trying to complicate things for the crowd. He's trying to make it very simple. He just wants them to understand. And I'm going to be honest, when I first started reading this passage, I was trying to pull everything out of it and, and dig deep into this and make it more than it was. And then I realized, no, 
It's really that simple. We need light. That's it. We need light. He is the light. The story is about the lamp. So a quick question, interactive here. What's the purpose of a lamp? To give light, right? Of course, duh. That's exactly it. That's the purpose of a lamp. So if we believe that in order to be the light, we need to first see the light, it's pretty obvious that he's saying we need light, right? We already figured this out. We need light in our lives. When the lights go out unexpectedly, we instinctively look to turn on the lights. It's the first thing we do, right? Power goes out, you go to flip on the switch and make sure. We all recognize that we need light in our lives so we don't become overwhelmed. That fear can be so overwhelming. And Jesus is showing us the same thing here. We need light. We need hope so that we're not afraid of what each day is going to bring. How many of us here today are wandering in the dark, never knowing or forgetting that Jesus is the light? He tells us this in John 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads the way. As Jesus shares this message with his followers, he started with a very clear illustration of a lamp. Now, obviously, this is not the type of lamp that you or I would have in our houses today, right? There was no electricity back then, so we couldn't have a lamp that you turn the switch. But what you would find in almost every single house is a cool little lamp like this. So really neat. Picture on a screen of a different one. Now, houses would have all types of different lamps. They might have bigger lamps, different size lamps, different shape lamps. And to be honest, when I was on Amazon, it's amazing how many different lamps like this you can get. I think I actually had three of them in my cart because I couldn't decide which one I thought was the coolest lamp for today. But I picked this one. Um, but as we look at this, this little lamp would have consisted of a saucer that you would put your oil in, a little handle so that it could be carried around from room to room or placed wherever, and a floating wick that would then be lit with the oil. Now, what's really important here, quiz for later, is that it has to be filled with the right type of oil, right? That's going to make this light shine bright wherever it's placed, whether it's placed on a stand high, whether it's next to the wall so it's reflecting all of its light, it has to be filled with the right type of oil. Now, for obvious reasons, you would not take the lamp and you wouldn't hide it Hold on, let me get my basket. You're not going to hide it under the basket. All right, pop quiz, why would we not hide the lit lamp under a basket? Right, so baskets are made of reeds or straw. If it is under the basket, it is going to catch fire. That would be very bad. Definitely was not going to demonstrate that today. So obviously, we want the lamp to be out where it can be seen. Jesus is telling us that his light his light needs to be proclaimed out for the world to see, not hidden. It can't be a secret. You can't just project his light when you choose to. It has to be all the time. He needs it to be proclaimed openly and clearly to everybody around him. Just like he says, those who come in can see the light. He's instructing his followers, don't hold back. The message of the kingdom of God must be shared openly. Now, I do not think that Jesus was literally trying to tell his followers to stand up on baskets or tables to proclaim his word. And let's be honest, if we pass somebody out in the streets who is standing out there, you know, proclaiming, repent, the end is near, 
I mean, how do we, how do we handle that? I know, to be honest, that sometimes that makes me uncomfortable, and, and I will turn the other way and kind of, kind of walk and turn. And while God is calling some people to shine in that way, I don't believe he's calling all of us to shine in that way. I think he's intending to take it a little bit further, and he's actually encouraging them and us to let their good deeds shine out as well. Actually, in Matthew's account of the same parable, he, he adds to it, and he says, You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and pulls it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everybody will praise the Heavenly Father. This is our call to be open about our love for Jesus. Be open about your love for others. Our good deeds are like the light, and God uses them to draw others to praise him. So go ahead, let your light shine. Be patient when others would be rude. Be kind when others would be harsh. Show love when others would show hate. Be calm when others are filled with panic. Live by faith when others are living by fear. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everybody will praise the Heavenly Father. So this parable is all about the lamp. It's all about light. It's not meant to be complicated. It's really simple. In order to be the light, you must see the light. Jesus is the light of the world. We are all called to be lamps who shine his light. We are all meant to shine. So does this make sense? Right? Lamps, meant to shine. We need light. Everybody with me? We're good so far? Okay, awesome. So we're going to go on to the next verse, though, because he, he adds a little bit more. It's not just about the light. He actually goes on in verse 22, and he says, For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Okay. So the light from the lamp also reveals what's hidden. So often we would use light to find things that we misplace or lose, right? How many times have you dropped your remote under the couch or your phone under your bed and you're trying to figure out where it is? But Jesus isn't talking about that type of hidden. What he's really talking about, he's using different words. He's using the words hidden and secret. And if we actually look at the Greek roots of these words, the Greek root of hidden is kryptos. The Greek word of secret is apokryptos. Do you see the common theme? Cryptic, right? Cryptic means something that we don't understand. It's a mystery to us. We don't get it. And I think this truly applies to understanding ourselves, but also understanding those around us. As lamps, we're called to bring light. It's our job to help others understand God's truth and Jesus. And that doesn't mean that we're supposed to go out looking for every person's sins and shine spotlights on their sins. I promise you that is not going to go well, and that is not what God is calling us to do. But through the Holy Spirit, he does help us reveal the sin that we all might be wrestling with, and we just don't understand why. I can see how this is, might seem very scary and why people wouldn't want a light shown on their sins and their secrets. 
But how many of us keep succumbing to the same temptations that we just have over and over even after applying every willpower that we have we just can't seem to change our ways right or we look for others and we just can't understand why do they keep doing that same stupid thing over and over why are they making that same mistake how many times do we say that to ourselves i have no idea why i keep doing this we don't understand we're lacking that understanding that only Jesus can bring to us as he reveals the, the, the root of those sins to us. That's the gift of this light. It's helping us to understand what's hidden so that we can find healing and hope. It's not about exposing the sin or what's hidden. It's about understanding so that we have that hope. If you're going to be the light and help people understand themselves and the world around them, we're really going to have to pay close attention to what Jesus says next. We must listen closely to them. But Jesus reminds us that it's not just listening to each other that's important. We must always keep our ears open and listen to God's word. So as we move further along in the passage to verse 23 and 24, he continues to say, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive more. I found it really interesting at this point, to, as Jesus is telling the story about the lamp on the stand and the light, why does he switch from what we see to what we hear? What does that have to do with the light? And the more I really wrestled with this and the Holy Spirit helped me understand that I just needed to take verse 23 literally. I have ears. Although Jesus didn't say it this way, I began to see it more clearly. If we are the lamps and we want to gain more understanding, we're going to need to learn how to listen. That's not easy, right? That's hard. It's hard to listen sometimes. <laughs> but to stick with this lamp image, we need to be really careful about what type of oil we're filling our lamps with. Let me explain. So Jesus says that we should listen, but also adds that we're supposed to pay close attention to what we hear. Of course, we start with listening to God's word, but we also need to pay close attention and make sure that we're listening to those truths that are accurate and clearly shared with us by those we trust. If we think of this like the oil that we're filling our lamps with, it means that we shouldn't just listen to anyone. We have to be picky about it. You need to find a biblically grounded church. Hopefully you found that here at Crossridge, but if not, we encourage you to go out and seek that. Finding that right church will help you understand God's message. Get yourself connected with a life group or a Bible study where you can discuss God's word with others. Read good Christian books. Listen to podcasts or sermons. But most importantly, read your Bible regularly. Those are the things that are our pure oil. We have to make sure that we're filling our lamps with pure oil, the right type of oil, so that your lamp can shine bright. I brought some nice examples here, right? Here's our pure oil. It's clean. You can see how pure this oil is. 
Would you want to fill your lamp with this oil? That is disgusting with bits of bacon in the bottom of the jar. This isn't what you want to fill your oil with. Would this make your light shine pure and clean out in the world to share God's truth? If your oil was clouded and, and to be honest, gross, we want this pure oil to be filling our lamps. But I would actually argue too, it's not just about what you hear, it's also about how you hear God's word that can make a huge difference in how you live your life. You have to listen to the details. You have to pay close attention to what God is actually saying, not what you want him to say, not what I want to hear him say, what he's actually saying to me. Sometimes it seems too easy to twist a message to make it fit what we want. And maybe I think that's the challenge that Jesus is giving us here. Listen closely and open, be open to hearing what God is saying to us. If we do that, he promises that we will be given even a deeper understanding and receive more from God. And I believe that more that we will receive is the peace that comes with truly knowing and being in a relationship with God. Putting your full trust in God, giving all the power and control over to God, that type of faith, that's what makes our light shine brighter. That's what lets us be the lamp on the stand for Jesus. How do we do this though, right? How do we actually do this in our daily lives? So remember a little while back when those lights went out rather slowly, maybe not as dramatically as we had hoped. <gasps> 20 years ago, that would have been a bigger deal, right? Like all the lights are out and where are we gonna see everything? Well, nowadays, since we all are so lucky, we carry a flashlight with us all the time in our pockets, right? We all have one of these, exactly. We all have a flashlight. You know, some would say that maybe we're just uber prepared for any catastrophe that might come along, or we're just a little addicted to technology and all have them with us at all times. But it's convenient. We have a flashlight. When the lights go out, everyone could turn their flashlight on, right? Let me see, I'll get mine on here. Maybe. Okay, maybe not. There we go, guys, okay. <laughs> we would be able to take our flashlights out, and I'm guessing it's not like you're going to sit here and put your flashlight in your pocket, right? You're not going to put it under the basket like we talked about. You are going to have your flashlight out so that you can light your way if it's dark. And I'm going to guess you're not just going to light the way for yourself, right? You're going to light the way for all those around you. Do you see where I'm getting at here? As Christians, it's our job to shine that light in the world for those around us. It's not just for our own good. It's to shine that with everyone around us and let them see that we are the light. That light that Christ shines out for us in the world. Do you see all the good in the world? Can you see even through the obstacles that might be in front of you in those dark seasons and trust that God will carry you with his light? All right, so now it's time for a little experiment. If you know me, I do like hands-on experiments. So let's see if everyone, if you have a, a cell phone on you with a flashlight, can you take it out? Don't turn it on yet, but take it out if you have one. All right, so get ready for our experiment. 
Okay. If you are wearing blue today, can you turn your flashlight on and hold it up high? Cool. So I see a few lights. We got a, we got a good amount here. Okay. Nice. So it's, it's getting a little brighter in here. All right. Now, if you are under the age of 30, for real, go ahead and put your flashlights on and raise them high. Do you see how much brighter it's getting? So here's the final question. If you want to be the light for somebody else in this world, turn your flashlight on and raise that high. Do you see how bright this room is now? Go ahead, you can turn them off. Imagine if all of us together were shining those lights all the time in our Crossbridge community. What would it look like? How different would it be if we were all shining those lights? That light that each of you carries can change the way this room looks, the way your house looks, the way your school looks, your work looks, the way the entire community looks by shining your light. Can you imagine how different things would look if we all did that today, together? In community, when we are all together shining that light so brightly, that light can do so much good. If we work together and shine those lights, just like this light changed this room, maybe, just maybe, those who feel like they're walking in the darkness, fearful and alone, would see the light. They would see the hope that we are all shining out there. Let's face it, it is not always easy to be positive, right? But in order to be that light, you must see that light first. As Christians, we are called to speak God's good news through the Bible, right? Yes, to share the teachings of Jesus, but, but it's so much more than that. If that's all we're doing, we're missing it. It's not just about sharing the word and the teachings. We have to be that living out those teachings every day. We have to be that example, that light every single day. If we're supposed to be that lamp on a stand, the best way I can put this is you have to let your Jesus on the inside be on the outside. Let that shine out. If you miss that, again, if you have to let your Jesus on the inside shine out so everyone else can see that. Can we thank God that he uses both our words and what we say and how we talk about God, which is so important, but also our actions and how we love those around us. Just a few weeks ago, I was exchanging some text messages with my best friend, and I love her dearly, but many, many times our conversations are filled with venting and, and complaining, and I get it, right? We all have to have those people in our lives. We have to be able to vent and complain when life is hard. But we seem to go down these paths all the time, and I really try to encourage her and, and give, give her positive things to focus on, encouraging the things in her life that are, are going bad, giving the best advice I can, and always reminding her that I find my grounding in my faith and showing her how important that is to me. But I'm gonna be honest, I feel like we, we do this every few days, every few weeks, we get in the same cycle of texts and same conversation. But just last week, 
her text to me said, maybe I need to start going to church. And I, I was, I mean, I was blown away. I was so excited to hear her say that. And immediately I was like, do you need a church to go to? I have a church. Come to my church. You know, I was trying to reel her right in and come in here. And it gave me so much hope. I realized that my light was shining. It was shining bright. She could see that even through text message. It was encouraging her and bringing her to faith. But then I realized I've been so focused on this message, writing this message about being the light and seeing the light. I think I would have missed that little time that I was the light for her if I hadn't been praying on this message so much and so focused on what I was thinking about and praying about and wanting to convey, I wouldn't have even seen that I was being a light for her. So then I really started thinking, how many more opportunities am I missing on a daily basis? How many times is God using me to be the light and I'm not even paying attention? We can't just sit here and preach the word and scripture to others. We have to live by them. We truly have to live the life that Jesus has called us to live, to love one another, to forgive those that we don't think deserve it, to give a second chance that, to those who may have wronged us. But the real challenge is we need to be the living, breathing example of Jesus in our daily lives. It's so challenging to see the light through the darkness and the storms and to trust that God's plan is going to get us through, that he's going to be there. To have faith, to shine even through the darkness, that's hard. That's so hard. When the world seems dark, I hope that you can be that person to find the positives to hold on to and to share that with others. Because in order to be the light, you must first see the light. And I know it sounds impossible especially if your life, your work life, your daily life is anything like mine, because I feel like I'm surrounded by cynicism and darkness. But you have a choice. Your first choice, you can be in community with your friends who love to criticize everyone and everything around them, and that's not hard to do. It's easy to fall into that. It's easy to be one of the crowd pointing out the darkness, but how is that helping anything? How is that helping us be the hope and the light of Christ if we too do nothing but criticize the world? Your other choice is to be the lamp. Be that lamp on a stand for Jesus. It's not easy to be a Christ follower all the time. I get that. But Jesus calls us to shine our light brightly not hiding it under a table or under a basket. You can't just choose to share your Christian values and beliefs when it's convenient. You have to share them all the time. You never know whose life you could be impacting by being that light. Any day, any time. Keep your ears open so that his voice is what you hear, even if you don't know what his plan is. Make sure that you're listening intently so you don't miss his message. Because just like Jesus said, for those who listen to my teachings, more understanding will be given. 
we have to take t steps to continue to listen so that we can grow in our faith to be closer to God. You have to find that, you'll find that comfort in knowing that you are in a relationship with God who will guide you and look out for you. When we know that truth, how can we not want to share it with others, right? How can you not want to be the light for others who are walking through this darkness? And if I could guess, God wants you to be in community with others who are also trying to be the light. He wouldn't want us completely surrounding ourselves with people who are trying to put out our light. Instead, he wants us to be with friends, teammates, families, colleagues, anyone else in our lives who will help amplify our light so that it can shine brighter, not those who might try to snuff it out. So you might be saying, that's easy to say, but some days it's just too hard, right? It is. It's really hard. It's hard to find the good things that are happening around you, especially if you're not focused on them. It's hard to stay positive. But here's my challenge for you for the next seven days, just seven days, one week. At the end of each day, whether it's at your dinner table with your family, on the phone with a friend, or maybe in your journal in reflection, find one way that you saw the light and one way that you were the light. Just one. One small way. And if you can focus on that one way that you were the light and that one way that you saw the light, I promise the next day it will be easy to find two. And then the next day, three. Because as you train your eyes to see all the wonders in the world that are going on around you, your focus will shift. You won't be stuck on all the negative and the cynicism in the world. You will be focused on that light that God is shining for us all to be. Eventually, our eyes will adjust, and I believe we will gain a greater understanding of how much light is around us and in us. Your eyes will be more trained to see all the small things going on, and you will be reminded there is light. He is the light. You are the light, and we get to spread the light. Every time you turn on your cell phone flashlight, I pray that your mind and your heart are reminded that in order to be the light, you must first see the light. As we reflect and prepare to take communion today, let's take a moment in prayer so that we can continue to see how that light is shining around us today. Dear Lord, I thank you for helping us open our eyes each day and see everything that you are doing. God, I thank you for, for guiding us through all the darkness and the dark seasons so that we can be that light for other people, Lord. And I pray that when the days are hard, you remind us that you are with us. Help us listen to your word. Help us hear what you're trying to say to us and give us the faith to hold on to that and continue to shine our light for others. We pray this in your name. Amen.